My hag of a stepmom gave away my PlayStation 4 while I was away in college, so I rent out her house while she was on her honeymoon with her newest husband. I am an only son. My mom died of ovarian cancer at only 55 years old five years ago. It broke my dad's heart. They had been together since college and they were the same age with my dad being a month older. Now I'm 22 and I'm about to graduate college with my degree in chemistry when the main events start to occur. I went to college on a full ride scholarship. This is important later. My dad met my now stepmom when she was my mom's nurse at the hospital where she spent her final days. My stepmom, Grace, played all the right notes to gain my dad's trust. She was empathetic to him, nurturing and comforting after my mom passed. I was 17 and old enough to sense that she was just trying to weasel her way into my dad's resources, but it was up to my dad if he wanted to be in a relationship with her. I was in my final year of public school and I had just won a scholarship to attend college out of the country the following year. My dad mourned my mom for a year and that whole time Grace would check in on him by phone every month or so, in my opinion, to scope out the possibility of sinking her hooks into him. After a year passed, Grace took off the gloves and went hard after my dad. Grace was only 40 years old when she and my dad started seeing each other. I didn't like her, but at the same time, my dad at least didn't seem so depressed anymore. So I tried to be a little less pessimistic about her and gave her the benefit of the doubt. In my gut, I didn't trust her though. But we are Scandinavian, and at least in my family, the son does not tell his father what to do or even offer any opinion. Grace is from the Czech Republic, if you're wondering. My father was a very successful banker during his career and amassed quite a portfolio of wealth. I'll spare you the details, but after six months of dating, Grace and my father were married. My dad never really got over my mom, though, and he was getting weaker and weaker even though he was only 57 years old. Since his health was fading, he called me to him and asked me point blank, boy, what do you need to set you up in this life? I told him, I don't need anything. I'm a man and I can take care of myself. But what are you even talking about, dad? You're going to be around for decades yet. I did remind him that he had living sisters that had children, my aunts and my cousins. I also reminded him that I had a full scholarship to go to college, so don't worry about giving me any cash. He was dead only a year later at 59 years old. I, of course, have seen lots of Hollywood movies, so I consider the conspiracy theory that maybe my dad's wife poisoned him, made him sign over all his money to her, but I really honestly do not think that's what happened. Other relatives didn't like Grace either, but they knew my dad was totally in love with my mom and that her death utterly broke him. Well, long story short, My dad bequeathed his five-bedroom house to me, even though I wasn't expecting it and didn't ask for it. He gave a small endowment to each of his sisters and their children. He left about 80% of all of his existing money to Grace, which amounted to several hundreds of thousands of dollars. My dad ignored me because he's generous to a fault and still gave me several tens of thousands of dollars, which of course were very useful to me. Grace tried to put on a friendly front, but I could tell she was angry that she didn't get my dad's big house too. That belonged to me and I had the legal papers to prove it. She was especially mad because we live in an extremely upscale, trendy location and houses are hard to come by and easily sold for massive profit. During the first few months after my dad's death, I had the nauseating, creepy experience of knowing that Grace was trying to fill me out to see if I might be into a relationship with her. Um, gross. She still stayed at the house though because over the last three years she had gotten used to living there and acting like she owned it. And even though I officially owned it, I was always away at college but only visited my dad's old house once every 
every couple months. And even then, it wasn't to see Grace, but to see my cousins who live just a few miles away. I downplayed the fact that it was really my house, and over the months, I think Grace gradually forgot that she had no legal right to the house at all. She probably believed that sooner or later, because I never asked her for any of the hundreds of thousands of my dad's dollars she now had, that I was somehow independently wealthy and would just give up my house to her. I knew eventually I'd have to drop the bomb on her when she started dating some new guy only five months after my dad was in the ground. And one time I came home from college after graduating, she and her new boyfriend, some sleazy looking D-bag named Ivan, who was only a few years older than me, were acting like I was a guest in my own house and that they owned it. I played along. Grace told me she gave away my PlayStation 4 to Ivan's cousin because I'm too old to play with video games. I don't even know this MF and you give him my PS4 to give away to some other person who I also don't know. I quickly changed all my network passwords that same day. I smiled, but I knew what I had to do eventually. She also said that she and Ivan were getting married because, quote, I can't just mourn your father forever. I have to move on with life. I tell her that I graduated college and I already secured employment with a local firm and will soon find a new place to live. She looked thrilled, especially the part where it looks like I'll soon have a new place to live. Then, in a patronizing way, she tells me, You always have a place in our house, though. You are welcome to stay here whenever you want. Thanks, Grace. Really generous of you. What I really say is that I will probably have a new place in three months. She says that's wonderful because she intends to go to her homeland to have a wedding with Ivan and afterwards to have her honeymoon. She assures me it's a local affair because otherwise I'd invite you, honey. And anyway, I know you're so busy. I congratulate her. She asked me if I can watch the house for her. Watch my own house? Sure. What I really say, of course, is that I will take care of the house and I am careful not to say your house. She and her D-bag fiance, who I am 100% sure is only there for Grace's money, go on their trip and I immediately put out advertisements and rental websites offering to lease my house. I hire movers and I have all of Grace's furniture and possessions boxed up and put into a storage rental facility. I retain all of my parents' furniture that they had before my dad met Grace. Locks? I changed them. All of them. Within days, I am inundated with dozens of inquiries about my amazing furnished house with fantastic views. I rent it out to a wonderful young family, a barrister and his school teacher wife with their two preteen children. They pay me their first and last month's rent and sign a lease for a year. I warn them about my crazy stepmom who thinks this is her house, but I present them with contact information to my lawyer, the same lawyer my dad retained, in case they need any assurance that I'm on the level. I also give my lawyer the information about the storage facility, including the fact that I generously paid four months of storage in advance, which is a whole month longer than Grace's Czech honeymoon adventure. I then found a great apartment in the city near my new place of work where I met a woman in a restaurant that I frequent at night after a long work day. We've been dating for six months now and are engaged to be married. Grace, of course, tried to shriek and cause trouble when she realized she got kicked out of my house, but my lawyer quickly shut her mouth without my having to ever speak to her garbage face again. From what I hear, her and her trash husband left the country and I assume they're blowing through all my dad's money and will soon be broke when they taste a little bit of what they think is the good life. So maybe Grace will go and try to exploit some other lonely man into giving her his money. Speaking of money, the house I rent out is generating so much money that not only am I able to pay for my cousin's college, but I moved into a larger apartment of my own together with my fiance. I love my job, but really, I could survive solely on renting my dad's old house. And to think, 
If Grace had only been cooler and nicer, I might have let her stay at the house just to be a good sport. And definitely if she stayed out of my room. But no, she had to act like this, so I had to make her homeless as a wedding gift. Postscript, I did buy another PS4 even though I didn't use the old one that much. It didn't matter. It wasn't for Grace to give away. You don't give away other people's things, you give away your own things. Which is why I choose to kick Grace out of my house because it's mine and I decide who stays there. Am I the jerk? The first thing I wondered when going through this is if he would have said that he needed a lot of money when the dad asked him how much does he need in order to live, I wonder if he would have given the money to his son and given less to Grace. And the dad, I'm guessing, probably wasn't seeing very clearly towards the end because he was so full of grief over the loss of his wife. So maybe he didn't realize what was happening with Grace, that she was there to get his money from the way that the OP tells it. Or maybe he did and he just realized this is what I want to do. This is helping me with my grief. And that's the whole reason why he asked the son to begin with how much you need in order to live. It's just wild that Grace would take her new man and bring him into the house and then tell him, oh, you can still stay here if you want. I mean, before blowing all the hundreds of thousands of dollars, she could have maybe gotten an apartment in the city as well, in the same area, if that's what she wanted to do. And that way she could have somewhere to live, but then she wouldn't be able to buy luxurious things or live the high life as he put it here. This was a pretty detailed, thorough story. So let me know what you guys think. If you were in this situation, what would you do and jerk or not a jerk? My mom is an influencer. I am sick of being part of it. I had no photos, hoodies printed for me and my little sister. I am a teenager. My mom is kind of famous on Instagram and blogging. She had a mommy blog all when I was growing up. And of course, me and my sister were always involved. It sucks because there's so much out there about us. And it's what's going to come up when I'm looking for a job, when I'm dating, and when anyone looks at my name. I found a website that will print custom jackets print all over the front and back of the arms, and I ordered some hoodies that say a bunch of phrases on them. No photos, no videos, I do not consent to being photographed, no means no, respect my privacy, no cameras, no profiting off of my image. It sounds silly, but it actually looks pretty sick. I got one for me and I got one for my nine-year-old sister who started to not always want photos. And I guess the idea is that my mom can't take good-looking pictures, even candid ones, with us in the hoodies without them having a pretty strong message that we don't want to be in the photos. My mom was mad when they showed up and really mad when I'm wearing mine. Like she says she just want pictures to remember my young years by. She won't post ones without asking. But I know that's a whole mess anyway. She always says that and then negotiates me into letting her post. Like either by saying that's how she makes income. So if I want money for something to stop arguing about pictures or posting without asking and then just saying I thought it would be okay because your face was invisible slash you're just in the background etc. And I'm always like, no, you didn't think. If you thought at all, you'd remember what I said I want. No new pictures of me or mentions of me online. Remove all pictures that include me you've ever posted and delete any writing that mentions me. I am just so fed up. And my mom is mad at me for wearing my new hoodie every day. She's mad I won't take it off for any event and thinks it's inappropriate to wear to certain things. I know it's really weird looking, but it feels like my only option. She also says all the mentions of consent, no means no, and this body is my own, implies something more inappropriate and that it is really inappropriate to wear those words out in public. We fought about me wearing it to family events and school events with a generally dressier dress code because it looks like a quote gangster hoodie. I don't know what to say to that, but I don't agree. So am I the jerk for always wearing my no photos hoodie? 
what would possibly be inappropriate about having a hoodie that says no means no and this body is my own that part of the end seems like common sense it's not that shocking of a concept but this seems like it's going to be the dawn of a new era of influencers growing up having kids and then using their kids constantly for content and then the kids are probably going to grow up to be like this i mean obviously there already are influencers that have kids but i think that's going to be a bigger and bigger and bigger thing and this is just nuts there's no ambiguity the daughter does not want to be photographed or written about or anything it's not that complicated maybe the mom feels like she can't pivot into something else or maybe there's some other desperation that's here but the daughter seems like she knows exactly what she wants and it's not being a part of this if the hoodie works and that keeps her out of the photos then that's great for her but from the way the mom is constantly prodding it seems like it's only a matter of time until she finds a way to get her back into her blog or whatever it is she's doing one way or another eventually so if you were in this situation what would you do and is she the jerk or not another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Am I the jerk for wanting my daughter's boyfriend slash soon-to-be fiancé to know her dark secret before marriage? I'm the dad of a 25-year-old young woman who I love very much. I've been able to have a good relationship with my daughter and I enjoy my time with her. But there's one thing about her that would give many people pause. She is a diagnosed sociopath. She exhibited odd, disturbing behavior at a young age. And after a serious incident towards her younger sister, I realized she needed professional help. Throughout her elementary years, she struggled heavily, getting in lots of trouble in school for lying, cruelty, and all other types of misbehaviors. With an enormous amount of therapy and support, her bad behavior was minimized as she grew older. She received an ASPD diagnosis at 18, and I had suspected it for long prior. After her aggressive behavior was tamed, her following years were much more fruitful. She's law-abiding, has a decent job, and a good education. She has many good friendships and admirers, especially male admirers. She is very, very charming and adept at attracting guys and maintaining their interest. She uses that old dating guide, the rules, like a Bible. She currently has a boyfriend of about a year and a half who's crazy about her and who I have a very strong relationship with. 
We live in the same area and spend a lot of time together regularly. He is a great guy. Very kind, funny, and intelligent. But I doubt she loves him. We've had some very honest, in-depth discussions about her mental health since her diagnosis, and she's been open with me that she doesn't feel love or empathy towards anyone, even family. When she acted very sad and broken up over the death of one of her closest friends at the funeral, she confessed to me privately that it was all a put-on, and that she felt pretty neutral about the whole thing. She has also stated that she has never once felt guilty about anything she's ever done, and doesn't know what guilt feels like. While she enjoys being around her boyfriend and is attracted to him, I highly doubt she feels much of anything towards him love-wise. Her boyfriend, who might propose soon, has no idea about her diagnosis, and she's been very upfront with me that she has no plans to tell him ever, thinking it'll scare him away. I've made it clear that she needs to tell him the truth before they marry, that he has a right to know and consider it, or I will. To which she always responds, I know you wouldn't dare. I actually would. I really like and respect this young man and would feel awful keeping this secret from him and letting him walk into a marriage without this piece of knowledge. I am not trying to sabotage my daughter's future. Maybe her boyfriend's love of her personality and other aspects is enough that it wouldn't end the relationship. It's his decision to make, but he deserves all the facts. Someday, he's bound to find out she's a bit off. It can't be a secret forever. Am I the jerk? For wanting my daughter's boyfriend to know her dark secret before marriage. Yeah, this guy should definitely know about this before he goes into an actual marriage. It's one thing if you don't want random people to know about your situation or what you have going on, but you're really taking away a crucial piece of information that somebody needs in order to make a decision. So in other words, you're kind of taking away his full ability to make a decision. Like the dad says here, maybe he'll know and he'll be fine with it, but he at least should know. The reason why the situation is more difficult than it probably needs to be is because the daughter doesn't want the boyfriend to know at all. And I'm guessing that won't change because she says she doesn't even know what guilt feels like. So in this case, it's almost like the thing that she's trying to hide allows her to hide it, as strange as that sounds. Because even if it didn't come out in the form of guilt for everyone, a lot of people probably would feel something close to guilt if you're about to go into a lifelong relationship with someone and you don't even bring this up or mention it at all. So if you were the dad in the situation, you really like the guy, would you stay on your daughter's side and keep it quiet or would you break that silence and tell the boyfriend even though your daughter doesn't want you to? And also, jerk or not a jerk. Am I the jerk for not letting my sister see her kids? I'm a 28-year-old female and I obtained custody of my sister's kids. She's a 35-year-old female and the kids are 9 years old, a male, 4 years old, and 2 years old, both females, back in 2018. After she left them alone for two weeks to go on a trip, read a bender, of course... This was a huge transition for the kiddos. They had to be moved schools and daycares, and most of all, they couldn't see their mom anymore. Now, the kids are doing better and definitely lead happier lives. Recently, though, my sister was released from prison and wants to see the kids again. She called me begging to have a visit with them and telling me that I could give them back because she was now out of prison. I've had a talk with the nine-year-old, and he says that he doesn't want to see his mom yet and that he still hates her for leaving him alone. The girls have no memories of her, and the smallest one was only three months old the last time she saw her mother. I do feel like I could have helped them 
foster a better relationship with her, but I don't want to force the oldest into meeting her when he absolutely does not want to. Still, my closest family has told me that the oldest doesn't know what he's talking about, and it's my fault the little ones don't remember their mother because I didn't take them to see her when she was in prison. They also told me that it's my responsibility to force them to meet her even when they don't want to because that's what's best for them and they shouldn't grow up without their mother. I've spoken to a professional about this, specifically the oldest therapist, and they have advised that it should be up to him. I just want to know if I'm being a jerk to my sister. Also, I have adopted kids and I have full custody of them. So, am I the jerk? I guess this comes down to what is the intention that she has by letting them see her or not? Is the reason why she doesn't want the kids to see the mother because she thinks the kids are going to be built up and then ultimately be disappointed? Or is it because she's an addict and she doesn't want that to rub off on the kids? Or is it something else entirely different? Because without knowing that part of it, I don't really see a reason why you wouldn't want the kids to see the mother at all. I mean, I get not wanting the kids to live with her, but to not even see her at all, there's got to be some greater fear here that something's going to happen that she's not really explaining in this. Or maybe it's obvious and I'm not seeing what that fear is. I mean, she could be around them while they visit the mom, so she's not going to take off with the kids and run away or something. But all of that would be if the kids didn't have any opinion on it. Everything changes when the kid adamantly says he does not want to see his mom yet, that he still hates her for leaving him alone. I think that listening to the kid should override a lot of this because the kid has got to feel some sort of agency in all of this when he didn't have a choice that the mom just left him and went to prison. So at least it could probably help in order to have the kid make this decision. And even if that decision only applies to him and the two daughters are able to see the mom, at least to listen to the kid who's actually speaking and being clear about this. And also, I mean, of course, the professional advised that it should be up to him. So the OP even has a professional opinion on this. But let me know what you guys would do if you were in this situation. Would you allow the kids to see their mother or not?